Hello and welcome to Yogmoth's Soap Opera Episode 12. Uh, today we have myself, Wiki, aka George, and Zach the Hoff. Uh, earlier today, I actually recorded the podcast with Andy and guest Endless Nameless, and sadly the podcast recording was lost. So, Zach and I are here to try and get round two going for you guys. Yeah, apologies everybody, you're stuck with me, but here we go. Good. Alright, so this week, uh, there's no classic events to talk about. None have fired. Uh, it's a combination of the Urza's Destiny release events, and I guess people are just bored of uh, the format. Maybe they want their bargains and their metalwork before they start joining events again. Understandable. Anyways, it looks like uh, some of the decks we're looking at today are uh, using some of the important cards in these sets. So I think a lot of people are drafting them and looking for the foils. I mean, what's been your experience so far, George, with finding some of these chase foils from Destiny? Well, um, one of our other clanmates, Backed Goods, has been compiling a list of Urza's Destiny singles based on the limited events that fire. And with the information that we're given from Wizards of the Coast and the information that we can see of fired events, statistically, there are only about six bargains in the, uh, six foil bargains or six of any foil rare in the card pool based off of purely limited events. Yeah, so that won't count, you know, packs that are maybe open from, uh, bought from the store or whatever. I mean, there's not really a way for us to track that being the end users, but from Yeah, he, he he accounted for uh, prize packs being opened, and so he, he accounted for all of the limited events, all of the packs that come with a limited event. He couldn't account for constructed payouts, and he couldn't account for the stores, but he guesses that right now there's probably about 20 of each foil copy in the system. Yeah, which isn't very much, considering all the uh, eternal playables in this set. I mean, a lot of people are going to be looking for some of the stuff. Most of all, probably uh, Metalworker. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Metalworker and Bargain have done some really strange things. During pre-release, Metalworker was 15, and Bargain, um, during the first few days, was about 12 or 15. But then right before the release event started, it was three and a half in card buying bot, or in card bot. I bought up a playset for 14 tickets, and then, you know, two days later, three days later, Yawgmoth's Bargain is a $5, $6 card now. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, It was kind of funny. I got one in my last uh, limited event there, a regular, of course, and I went and looked, and of course, Nova, that was one of the few cards that Nova was actually sold out on, so... It's interesting to see everybody recognizing the uh, power that Bargain has. So, it's yeah, it's Necropotence did not do this when it was released. Yeah, definitely. And Yawgmoth's Bargain foils are going. I mean, I bought a copy for thirty-five. I've seen ads for fifty and sixty, and I know personally that Andy was able to sell two this weekend for ninety tickets apiece. Yeah, Andy. Uh, Andy made a good profit on the foil bargains there. And then metal workers are about 25, 26 tickets, and foils are going anywhere in between 75 and I've seen 100. Yeah, you really don't see much about the uh, foil bargains there. I mean, I, I just haven't seen too much about them at all. 
Yeah, no, I started a thread over on uh, on Classic Quarter to see how many foil bargains were in the system by the players who most likely would have them. And I think so far there's five or six accounted for on the CQ forums. Yeah, pretty, uh, not very many out there, but I think there might be even less metal workers. I've almost heard nothing about metal workers at all. Yeah, I, I still only have one regular copy. I'm not going to even bother trying to get foils of it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so that, I guess, brings us into the Destiny events you've been drafting. Yep, I've been drafting. I've been uh, playing a lot of draft. I'm actually just started a draft right now. Pick one, pick one, Vile Requiem, and uh, Urza's draft. So, yeah, All right. definitely end of the events. Have, uh, have you done the Triple Destiny drafts yet? Uh, I really haven't done much Triple Destiny. I, I don't know why. I'm just not very, I guess, interested in it, if that sounds right. Um, Triple Destiny, sure. it, it's kind of like it's a short-sighted experience is what it looks like to me because it's uh, – pick three pestilence, nice. Uh, because it's um, – it it has a way different context to it. Like there's not much green fat to ramp into, so like green itself is a whole different color than when you draft the whole uh, – the whole block there, which I, I have to admit, I really like <coughs> drafting the whole block. I like the uh, the thought of a dream draft hitting like a uh, time spiral goblin welder uh, metal worker. I mean, that would be obviously the dream draft or some crazy foil, but it's definitely fun opening old cards and being able to play with them. And the EV is always good. So, so uh, I, I'm a fan of Saga and Legacy draft. How does Destiny even out the draft format? Well, Does it slow it down or speed it up? I definitely think it speeds it up. Um, it takes a lot of the things that were 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 stuck in um, Saga Legacy draft and, and kind of opens them up a little bit. For example, uh, pick four corrupt, nice. Um, for example, um, you know, green has really awesome small creatures. Like I was talking with uh, Dunkle today about that little two mana Lanowar elf that also cycles for two to draw you a card and how just unbelievably good that card is. Yeah, I'm a fan of all of the uh, creature cards that can cycle from the battlefield. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really pretty good. Um, a lot of them are just, you know, in, in red it has some cool things. Like, uh, you know, what we've been used to is cards with big, wow, pick six Diabolic Servitude. Um, Sounds like you're uh, going strong for a mono black deck. No, no, I'm black-blue. I have uh, Diabolic Servitude, Pendril Drake... Pestilence, Vile Requiem, Sunder, and Corrupt. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. So Sounds like a good start. Yeah, too many four drops, though. Um, anyway, uh, I, I think, like, in red you have that, that goblin for one in a red that's just a vanilla 2-1. You know, it can also kill a wall. I've never used that ability, but that... I'm sure, I'm sure that would come up. Yeah, I mean, a card like that with no drawback. I mean, think about it. It really doesn't have a drawback compared to the, the other one in a red 2-2 two, two that can't block and the other one in a red goblin war buggy that had echo and haste. It, right. it, it adds a new dimension. It lets you block some of the green creatures that screwed with you before, like the uh, you know the gorillas for three mana that are three twos. Uh, it gives you some really cool options. Um, black, as always, is super powerful. I know that's your favorite color, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the triple destiny drafts I've been doing, I try and force black because Sin of Nightshade is just unbelievable. I have to say, I think white might be the weakest. Uh, it has some really cool stuff in it, like the four mana two two flyer that gives plus two plus two to uh, 
target blocker attacker. I mean, that's ridiculous. That card. Went yeah, that's in. that might be the best white card, but I agree. White seems pretty weak overall. Yeah, and um, you know, blue. See, the thing is, the seers are really cool. Um, the red seer is probably the best, followed closely by the black one. And man, my colors are so open; it's unbelievable. Pick eight rescind. Um, anyway, uh, looking at the set though, it, it has some just cool stuff that you can do that you can't normally do. Like the Sears repeatable fireball, the red one. I mean, that thing is unbelievable. Um, the black yeah, one's good. Yeah, I had a draft with two of the black ones, and I didn't lose a game. Yeah, the green one's good. I mean, it's um, plus X, plus X. So, I mean, that's amazing. See, the problem I have with the green one and the green scent is that the color you're playing, you have to get guys out to pump them up, and then you don't have those cards in your hand. Yeah, you know, here's my big thing about that. The green seer is good. You give plus one, plus one, or plus two, plus two, it's all the difference in the world. The yeah, it, the it, it totally ruins combat math. Yeah, the, the scent, on the other hand, I definitely uh, don't like as much, just because I, I naturally compare it to Giant Growth, and I think Giant Growth is better 98% of the time. Um, it's a much better top deck. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the set's pretty cool, and it gives you some options, but I, I don't like personally playing triple um, just because it's it's kind of a weird... I'm not used to it yet. I still like the old two sets that I'm very familiar with. Yeah, have you uh, tried any of the release seals yet? I have not. Um, you know, and message to Watsy, I personally would play in a lot of them if they were just a tiny bit less expensive. I mean, yeah, they used to be 26 tickets to enter. But now there's 30 tickets or the product, which is nice because the product wasn't available last time. And the payout, uh, they pay out more packs because of the added entry fee. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely cool having a new set. I love new Eternal sets because you can usually get these to fire. Um, anyway. I'll just on. say that the uh, the sealed format is, I don't like it very much at all. I think fun. it. Yeah, I, th I don't think that it has a lot of synergy. I think it's very bomb-driven from the uh, four seals I've done. Yeah. Um, see, the set has really cool creatures, so that kind of sets it apart from other sets as it has the cool creatures and the amazing old broken spells. But in all honesty, it usually comes down to, to bombs. I, I'll admit that, too. Like, some of these cards that people are passing, they have no idea how good they are. Like uh, the Sunder pick five or whatever it was. It's a ridiculous card. Um, yeah, I mean, other other formats have bombs too, but I have definitely foroed Scar Mirrored and Lim uh, Sealed decks with not a bomb in my pool. Yeah. So, I do like it, and I'm having fun with it. I'm sure you'll hear about more picks as we go along, because my first pack turned out magnificently. All right, so, you know, speaking about Destiny, I've got this bargain list to showcase one of the two uh, chase cards out of the, out of the set. Um, a month ago, when we were talking about Yawgmoth's bargain not being auto-restricted, I threw out this show-and-tell list, and once I got my bargains, I tested it. And, I, I mean, not just because I built the deck and because I like it, but honestly... It's really, it's really pretty good. I, I'm not really losing to anything that's playing blue or black. Um, shops are still hard. But the funny thing about the deck is that I built it all in theory in my head. And then after playing it out in application, this is a turn one deck. 
That's cool. The, con- the consistency that you can get a bargain or a show-and-tell fatty on turn one is kind of scary. It reminds me a lot of the Necro Spike decks from a year and a half ago, two years ago. That's cool. So the show-and-tell route's been working pretty good, huh? Yeah, I mean, in between in between just having four show-and-tells and six targets, that, that comes up probably once every three games. Um... But the really crazy thing is that Yawgmoth's bargain is so good that you should burn your Yawgmoth's uh, will on the first turn just to get bargain in play. Yeah. I, I've come across a couple of hands where it was LED, Infernal Tutor, uh, Lotus Petal, or Dark Ritual, whatever mana I needed to actually cast a bargain with a bargain in my hand. And I could wait a turn or two and get a guaranteed Tendrils. Or I could get a turn one bargain and win. Seems good. I like the turn one bargain anytime you can get it. Because no matter what you use to pay for it, you can always afford to get back. That's right. And, I mean, probably the weakest card in the deck is Force of Will. Because there's only 14 blue cards, including it. And uh, in the first podcast that I did earlier today, I was asked, uh, why not Duress or Thoughtseize instead of Force of Will? Uh-huh. And the reason I like Force of Will, even though it's one of the weakest cards, is that Duress takes up a mana, and it stops your frequency of turn one wins, because it needs that mana to turn one. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, Necro, like, just like the Necro Spike decks, playing your Yawgmoth's Bargain or your Necro, and then drawing into a Force of Will to force your uh, Tendrils through the next turn is pretty brutal. Yeah. And Bargain's much better than Necro because I just won't activate it until they cast a spell that I need to Force Will. And then I'll draw until I get a Force Will. Yeah, it's pretty amazing the way it can dodge stuff like Thoughtseize and Duress. I mean, it just, like, gets it to you when you need it, and it doesn't really mess around. Absolutely. I've had a couple of turn one Necros, and they they just are nowhere near as good as Yawgmoth's Bargain. Yeah. Fair enough. The, uh, the the fact that they fixed the Exile card you discard from Bargain is even more of a boon with LED and Yogwill. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, so that's this this kind of version of a Storm deck. And my sideboard has uh, Leyline of the Void and a Helm of Obedience against Dredge. A couple of Sadistic Sacraments against Combo and Oath. Um, and then Blue Bounce Spells against Shops. And a couple of parishes to round out the fish matchup. Seems good. And I mean, unfortunately, I don't get to use much of my sideboard in the TP room because there's not that much of a variety of the decks that the people play. But it'd really be nice if we could fire some events so that you know we could get show and tell bargain on the decks of the week page. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Um, the other the other list that I have is a Bob Tendrils deck that I was playing around with and tuning before Destiny came out. But once again, the event slowed, and they didn't fire when I was available to play, so I never actually got to play it. Yeah. So... But what, what, do you, what do you think, first blush, at this Bob Tendrils list? Uh, Bob Tendrils list looks pretty fast. I mean, it's running all the cards that you want to see in a deck like that, like... Uh, uh, you know, the Lion's Eye Diamond, all the Rituals, um, 
Are you running both rituals? It looks like you're only running one ritual, so that kind of stands out a little bit. I am not running Cabal Ritual. Well, that's pretty cool, so I don't see that. Uh, I see some some permission in there mixed in. It looks like um, a couple of... Where did I just see that? A couple oh, of spell, spell pierces yeah. and uh, a play set of Thoughtseize. Yeah, and you got the Hercules Recall for the shot matchup, uh, which is pretty cool. And it looks like you have uh, the Big Bad Tutors, Demonic, Vampiric, and Infernals. So it looks like a solid list. Uh, four Dark Confidants make it, like, really tick. So I think uh, it's a really good card in the metagame. Uh, not as great against Oath, but everything else is just an amazing card. Yeah, I mean, Dark Confidant, it's no good when they when you go turn one Dark Confidant and they go turn one Oath. Yeah. But, I mean... If they don't go turn one out, their confidant gives you the cards to storm them out. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Dark Confidant seems like uh, a pretty solid addition to any deck like this because you're going to want it um, to draw those extra cards, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I would actually put a Yawgmoth Bargain in here. I might because it is so good. But I think that might take the Mind's Desire space, and I really like Mind's Desire in this build. Yeah. Absolutely. Mine's Desire sounds really cool. Um, you're running the Singleton, I take it you, you expect to get it as a tutor target? Yeah, I, I the, the Mine's Desire is pretty much, um, it's an excellent game two and three card once I've sided, sideboarded in a Chain of Vapor or an Echoing Truth. Uh-huh. And generally I'll go for the Mine's Desire at, you know, seven or eight storm so that I can find my Tendrils and my Bounce Spell for their White Ley Line. Yeah, seems good. I mean, <laughs> the other the other card that I notice you don't have in here, unless I'm just missing it, is uh, Bargain. No, yeah, Bargain Bargain's not in here yet. This list was from before Destiny, and I'm I'm not quite sure if I would add it. Because right. why, he why does... Why wouldn't you add it? Well, he does mess with Dark Confidant quite a bit. I'd say so does Mind's Desire. Well, yeah, but do I replace the Mind's Desire, or do I run both of them? I would, con- I don't know. I guess you're running the 12 mana thing, too, so it's kind of risky. Um, I've never died to my own Bob, but right now the deck is built with a 1.76 converted mana cost. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely up it. Um, so the reason I like this deck so much actually is the sideboard. <coughs> it takes it takes that unwinnable matchup that I know I can't win, and I just turn into an elephant oath deck. Okay, so you look at the uh, shop list and you say, "Hey, I got an out to you." Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I what I noticed was that the only cards I ever sideboarded in were the bounce spells. And I'm like, I've got all of this unused room. I'll throw away my dredge matchup, and I'll sideboard ten cards against shops. Yeah. That sounds like uh, a trouble for them, trouble brewing. So, I mean, what what are they really going to do? They they already know that's kind of a bad matchup. Uh, what are their outs to that, typically? The six-mana duplicate? Um, I suppose in game three, but all the shop matchups that I played in game two, I caught them with their pants down. Nice. Um, and, you know, the turn one or turn two of the Druids was enough to win the game. Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure what my matchup percentage with Shops is with the ten Oath cards, 
because I didn't play a whole lot of that matchup after I changed the sideboard. But I think it's about three and two um, on my side. Cool. So, yeah, just giving it that slight edge because store LED is probably probably the best card versus the format once you take out shops. Yeah. LED is uh, it's one of those cards that you slap yourself on the forehead and say, what were they thinking? But every time you look back, it's like they were like, oh, let's see somebody try to break this. Yeah, LED is just insanely good and... I mean, not to toot my own horn, but if show-and-tell or if people can just get bargained down consistently, I think that maybe LED might get the uh, restriction axe with the bargain when they finally do it. Yeah, that's uh, kind of an interesting thought. I don't they, know if it will, but that would be kind of a huge change if they did. Yeah, they they may want LED in the format because there's not jewelry in Power 9, and they want the fast combo deck in the format. Yeah. But I could easily see Storm still being a good deck with only one LED. Absolutely. Man, this is a really bad Destiny pack. My rare is Tethered Griffin, which is out of color. And the best cards in the pack are Kingfisher and Disease Carriers, but there's also a Yavamaya Elder that I think might be worth money. Uh, Yavamaya Elder is not worth money now. You sure? Um, still is. Cloud of well, still is. I, I would say at most it's a ticket. Alright, I'll take the... I guess I'll take the Kingfisher. I would take Disease Carriers, but that's me. And, oh my god. Holy gift of Jesus. Pick two, Treachery. Hey, there you go. And that's worth like five tickets. I will take that and run. That's amazing. Oh my god. Pick three, Thieving Magpie. So your your deck sounds like it's coming together pretty well. Yeah, the deck. Uh, I think this deck is going to sound kind of ridiculous at the end. I'm really happy I just got a money rare too. I don't know. Let me check how much of that's actually worth. But yeah, so uh, you know, Bob Tendrils. I think going forward, it's it's definitely one of those decks that's going to be uh, a player in the meta game. At, at least while stacks is suppressed, because I think that can easily race dredge. What do you think? Ah, uh, yeah. The this deck, unless Dredge wins on turn two, I don't think they can beat you. Yeah. The, I mean, out of all of the classic decks I've played, the Bob Tendrils has the most ridiculous top decks. Oh, yeah. You, you get a Lion's Eye Diamond on the table, and then any of your, like, eight tutors win the game. Oh, man, this card's worth three tickets, too. I just got past Urza's Incubator. Cool. I don't know if I would play that, per se, but it's worth money, so I'm going to grab it. Now, you you got to find your value where you can. Yeah, no doubt. This is kind of interesting. I could take the uh, Slinking Scourge, which is the 2-1 flyer that you can sacrifice, or I could take the uh, Telepathic Spies, which I like way more than most people. I love knowing what's in the opponent's hand. Um, I... I kind of like the flying card advantage, but that's me. Here's why I don't think I'm going to take it, even though there's like 15 seconds left. I have seven, four drops. seven undroppable four drops, so I think I'm oh. going to take the 2-2 two -two here. Got to account for curve. See that, guy? And I do have two unearthed. 
See that, guys? You're hearing about classic and getting a lesson in how to draft. Yeah. How cool is that? That's pretty amazing. So uh, the last, the last kind of little fun thing I have is um, a Highlander deck. The other night I was screwing around in the client, and I just wanted to build one to see if it could be competitive. And it actually can. I, I built this deck, and I played it a few times in the tournament practice room. I think about five or six times. And I've won more games than I've lost. Um, the interesting thing about the deck is that once you... Once you get past the fact that there are not four Force of Wills, it plays out surprisingly just like a regular classic Jason Raider deck. That's cool. Um, it, the, it's, it's pretty fun restriction because you get to play with cards that you haven't played with in either a long time or forever. Like, I don't know how many of the classic player base, player base has played with Portent, before Ponder was printed, but I remember playing with it. Yeah. Um, Portent Porton was an interesting card. I think that used to be used a lot in uh, Threshold, too. Am I mistaken with that? No, that was... It was for Brainstorm, for Portent, before Ponder came out. So, I mean, that's definitely an old-school card. Um, it's really cool, though, to see some of this stuff. You know, this, the Singleton rule makes you be able to add some really cool stuff that I don't think you would add otherwise, like Portent. Um... Yeah, and forbid or de glamour. De glamour is very interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't remember if we talked about it last week or if I read about it in an article, but de glamour like pretty much permanently gets rid of any problem card on the table. Yeah, de glamour. I mean, it seems like a good card. See, dude, look at that. The disease carrier is tabled. Um, de glamour gets rid of blade steel colossus, oath of druids, any lock piece at a shop. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, I've got a whole bunch of tutors. I get to play Gifts Ungiven and not feel bad about it. Totally. And then uh, and then my win conditions are uh, three different Pleadswalkers, Bladesteel Colossus, Yawgmoth's Will, Vault Key, and I suppose I could grind them out with Crucible Worlds and Life of the Loam. That seems good. But that's that's more about uh, accruing that advantage that I need, you know, since since I can't just have the brick wall of four force of wills up. Yeah. Um, and then the mana base. Maybe the deck wants a second island or a second swamp, but I went so far as to only play one of each basic land as well. Seems good. Um, my sideboard is set up for a regular classic metagame. I've got five slots divided devoted to shops. Uh, six or seven slots devoted to Dredge, and then a couple of Singletons for Blue Decks. Wow, yeah, that's... I mean, I really like the way that uh, your kill conditions come together there. Um, you got some ridiculous options as far as all the big good Planeswalkers. I, I don't see Little Jace. Do you, what do you think about him? You don't think he's good enough? Uh, I thought about playing Little Jace. He actually might be good enough. I just don't have any, yeah, so okay. I didn't. I didn't play it. Okay, and yeah, it looks like you're counting the Crucible and Loam from the as win conditions, which I think is fair. Um, yeah, it, it looks like a solid deck. I mean, it's definitely one that I would give a shot to because you know I'm I'm with you on that. I like the blue. I think everybody knows I like the blue, so it looks good to me. So you know you know the classic format pretty well. 
besides Dredge, which I just do not think could work as a singleton deck, they, do you see other archetypes? Because I think I could see, like, a Storm build or an Oath build. Yeah, I could see either one of those. I mean, you have tons of cards that aren't used. Uh, everything from, like, Mana Morphos to, like, you know, Tender Wall. And you could, you could get some really crazy stuff in there. Um, what's the what's the old extended card? All Sun's Dawn or whatever that is, where it adds one of each color. That's solid, too. Uh, I mean, there, there are some good cards that you could put in there. Um, as far as, like, Jacerator, I think you could make a good stuff. Black, blue, green deck. It would probably be, you know, not as focused as that deck would be, and and I don't think it would be, uh, I guess, as good to have like stuff like Bob. I mean, Bob's amazing card and everything, but you're going to have a lot of cards and not a lot of ways to control it. Um, right. But it it could definitely be a good deck. Uh, as far as other decks, like you know, just strange combo decks, I think you could get some really cool combo decks. You could do like a deck that runs all the painter cards, and um, just all the combos you can think of in classic, from like Flash and Protean Hulk to like you know, just fit, jam it all in five color shell, running stuff like City of Brass, and I think you could have a lot of fun with that. You know, there's tons of tutors in different colors. There's Worldly Tutor for Hulk. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a uh, Grim Tutor which never gets played. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's a lot of cool cards. So yeah, I mean, if anyone out there is interested in playing Highlander. You know, build a deck. I am down for it. I, I I find this deck incredibly fun to play. Yeah, I mean, it it, it seems like a solid deck. I, I would give it a shot. Um, so, I guess before we wrap up, uh, earlier on podcast part one that is lost in the streams of time, uh, Endless Nameless put up a challenge. Whoever can 4-0 a daily event with their deck containing four Library of Alexandrias, will win a foil Time Vault. Wow, that seems solid. So, this is a standing offer for as long as it takes. Um, you know, get out there and if you want, if you if you feel like having fun and wanting a chance to win glory and a free $20 card, you know, build up a library deck. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what you can come up with. Seems good. So yeah, you know, uh, as always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in, and we want to thank our uh, sponsors, Pure MTGO and uh, MTGO Traders. And uh, anything you wanted to add there, George? Um, if you have the time, play an event this week so that we have something to talk about, and you know, have have fun playing with. Our new toys. Great. Well, thank you all, and we'll see you soon. And uh, after this podcast wraps up here, I'll go through my deck real quick, and uh, we're out. Have a good one. See ya. All right. So um, I did my deck here, and George is on here looking on the screen. So uh, here's what I'm running with. Um, in my sideboard, the cards that I could have played but didn't are uh, two Unearth. Um, Squirming Mass, which I think is barely passable. Two mana, one one fear. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't run him. I would sideboard him in, I guess. Yeah, I mean it, it depends. And then uh, Disease Carriers, which I know George likes, but my four drops are pretty insane. I'll go over them in a minute. Um, a Null, uh, two Scent of Brine, Slow Motion, K 
Kingfisher, and I'm not even playing the Thunder. I just have, I'll, I'll show you in a minute here, uh, ridiculous deck. My one drop is uh, Lurking Jackals, which is the enchantment. When an opponent has 10 or less life and it's an enchantment, it becomes a 3-2 creature. Um, it's pretty good. I might end up playing Unearth instead of that if I, we get done with this in time. Um, it's it's a pretty good card. I like Lurking Jackals. And then uh, two drops, we got Despondency, which is the enchantment. gives minus two, minus zero, and it comes back to your hand over and over. So needless to say, it's really good. Um, Cloud of Fairies, which are a pretty good card. Um, they do a lot for you in a lot of matchups, especially like aggro decks like Wild Dogs and stuff like that. And they also cycle and untap two lands, so you, you can leave Counter Magic open. Um, I got good card. Um, Phyrexian Denouncer, which is the minus one, minus one, uh, one, one guy from Legacy. He's really good. Uh, Ravenous Rats, which I always love. Uh, two Resends, which also cycle. Those are really great cards to have. Uh, Sick and Tired, which I like less now, but it's still an amazing card. Um, we got Swat, which is kill a creature with power two or less and also cycles for three mana. Uh, Telepathic Spies, which I just, I think they just made it because I need to make the three drop, but I also like knowing what they have and how to play. Uh, Weather Seed Fairies, because they completely beat red by themselves. Diabolic Servitude, which I first picked before, it's that good. Uh, Pestilence, no need to explain that one. Vile Requiem, which is uh, every upkeep you get to put a counter on it, and whenever you want, you can play one in a black and sacrifice it, and you can destroy X creatures, which is the number of counters. Uh, one Pretty strong. Yeah, that, that card's super good against anything black aggro. Uh, Kingfisher, which I only played one of those, but they're pretty good. Four mana, two two flyer that replaces itself with a card. Um, Pendle Drake, which has always been good uh, since the beginning of Urza draft. Phyrexian Debaser, which is same thing, utility two two flyer that also kills things. And Thieving Magpie, which is Phyrexian Arena in reverse. Uh, Treachery, which I don't know how I got past. Um, Vigilant Drake. Which is you know always good three three flyer, uh, corrupt and king crab which beats green by itself and uh, power sink and seventeen lands. So anyway, uh, talk to you guys next week and uh, see you soon. Bye.